Picking up where we left off in the last episode, talking about masculine virtues. We've talked about wisdom and workmanship and the layers and nuances of that. Today, we're going to talk about strength. So many different facets of strength, so many different ways we can look at this. But I want to start off by celebrating the record-setting punt return that Tucker Holloway made back on November the whatever day that was, 7th, 5th, 5th against Georgia Tech in his first ever season start at home in Lane Stadium as a punt returner, 90 yards. Listen to it. Quality returns, number 11 in the room, orange and white. Shanahan with the win inside the 10, Holloway. 30-yard line, Holloway. Holloway to midfield. Holloway down the sideline. Holloway, all the way for Virginia Tech. A punt return all the way to that house. Great job picking up these bodies along the way, and then it's up to number 11 to do the rest. The freshman from Anderson, North Carolina, 90 yards to the house. <laughs> Anderson, North Carolina. Nope. Close. Nobody knew who he was. Before that day, nobody knew who Tuck was. It's awesome. True freshman. Got a start, first start at home and at punt returner, no, no less, and made the most of it. Team had 18 total yards in punt returns going into that game week eight or nine, week nine, and week eight, I think. And that day, Tuck had 188 yards in punt returns, including that 90-yard touchdown we just listened to. Set a school record as a true freshman. Pretty awesome. Proud dad moment. And I wanted to share it. So, it's been a few weeks ago now, but I wanted to share it. Um, hadn't hadn't really shared or talked about it. But I'm going to have Tuck on uh, when he's home over break. Sometime over Christmas, we'll get him on here and Talk about his first year playing Division One Power Five football and what it looks like to be in a program that's rebuilding and all the struggles and hurdles of being a freshman. And I think that'll be encouraging. Uh, thank y'all for listening in. Thanks for sharing in my dad moment. Let's jump into this conversation about the masculine virtue according to the scriptures of strength, what it is, what it looks like, and how many different ways can we sort of unpack this idea. I want it to be practical. I hope it'll be helpful. Thank y'all for listening. If you're a mom or a lady, um, please don't go away. This is super helpful. I think this is so important in raising boys and understanding men. We need everybody to understand the biblical instruction on uh, these virtues of masculinity. So let's dive into it. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Welcome to No Sanity Required. From the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. All right, so last week we got we we, we picked up a conversation we started in early October, and we talked about these biblical virtues of of masculinity. Uh, wisdom was the first one, and we looked at how wisdom is not just knowledge or an accumulation of information, but it's 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 meditation on that knowledge. It's taking what we've learned and gained and studying it and considering it and and uh, the the ability 
to take knowledge and experience from life and study and meditate on those things and contemplate and move to a better life and then also then to encourage and equip and help others. The second virtue we looked at was workmanship. Guys using the gifts God's given them, whether they're in the white-collar world or the blue-collar world, uh, but, but the way God's gifted you and wired you, to be the best version of yourself that you can be, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God and to be a work horse of a man. Like as men, as God's sons, we need to work. We need to outwork our peers, outwork your teammates, outwork your coworkers. You need to be the go-to guy. Think of think of, of doing everything you can so that God would be so that God would be glorified in it. And the virtue we want to look at today is the virtue of strength. So let, let's Let's break this down in light of the verse we looked at as kind of our launch verse last week, which was 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen that says, be strong and act like men. Be strong and act like men. What does it mean to be strong? What is it? Well, there's the, there's the physical strength that is associated with being created as a man. Uh, men are, are in their natural condition stronger than women now there are exceptions uh, there are women that can out squat and out deadlift me all day long no doubt about it but when it comes to the it, the general makeup of the two genders the two sexes god created men with with uh the ability to do certain things and he created women with the ability to do certain things better than the other gender some things uh, that that women can do that men simply cannot do. Like when we think of um, carrying and 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 bearing a child, no man can or ever will be able to do that. Doesn't matter what nonsense and foolery you listen to, where somebody's like, "Oh no, I'm a man and I can be pregnant." Just because you're a girl who says you're a man doesn't make you a man. And if you're pregnant, you're a female. Period. Like we we don't we don't go down that. I'm not I'm not going to turn this into a a psychological sociological you know, progressive debate. A man's a man, a woman's a woman. Gender and sex are inextricably connected. You can't separate those two. You can't say, well, I identify as X, Y, or Z. You're a man or you're a woman. I'm not going to debate and argue. It's just nonsense and tomfoolery to to try to debate that. So we're going to work under some assumptions and presumptions here. That is that men are given certain tasks because God intended for men to carry out those tasks. And in if you think about in a society, whether it's an agrarian society, a society where where most of your food would be personally grown or livestock would be raised, or if it's in a hunter-gatherer society, or if it's in a society where combat and war was a constant and ongoing reality, a, a neighboring tribe or clan might try to attack you or might, you know, if, if you're, if as a man, I'm, I'm having to think about raising food for my family and then I link up with a dozen more men. So we form a clan, a tribe, a community, the men in that clan, that tribe, that community are going to be very committed to the security and the safety of their assets, their resources, and their wives and children. Doesn't mean the women aren't going to fight. Doesn't mean the boys aren't going to fight. But it means the men carry the bulk of that security responsibility and and of the operations. 
And so to do that, there's a need for physical strength. It's a need for physical strength. And I think that when we talk about physical strength, we're not talking about like you take a, a group of guys in a sub-Saharan culture where they live off of one or two meals of rice a day, eat meat, eat meat every couple weeks maybe, but they're strong, they're durable, they're sturdy, they dwell in that desert, and they, they, they create a living for themselves out of that desert atmosphere and environment, and that takes strength. It takes strength. It takes strength for a Christian man to live in – uh, as a college professor in the world of academia where there's a progressive shift and overtake, that man may not be physically strong, but if, if he's a scientist or a philosopher, um, a mathematician, and he's a godly dude who loves the Lord and wants to use his platform um, for God's glory, he's going to have to be strong, mentally and emotionally strong. So strength, you know, there's so many different aspects of strength that you can think about. Um, and I just want to kind of dive into this. So I want to, first and foremost, I want to address physical strength as a masculine virtue. And here's what I'll say about it. You as a man and mom and, and, and wife in helping your son or your husband, like men need to be as strong as they can possibly be. Need to be as strong as they can possibly be. Be as fit and as strong as, you, as your schedule will allow you to be. Now, this is without becoming obsessed or consumed so that fitness and exercise become your idol worship. But as a man, you should be as strong and fit as your schedule and lifestyle you know, will allow you to be. So you're a dad with four, four young kids at home and you're working a job and trying to, start, trying to start a business. So you're working 50 hours a week at your job. You're trying to start a business on the side. Um, you don't have time to go to the the gym down the road for an hour and a half every day or four days a week to do bench press and squats. But what if you committed to do three sets of push-ups every day to failure and you committed to walk three times a week? And we're going to talk a little bit about walking. Just, just okay, what I'm going to do today is I've got to go from point A to point B instead of driving it and it taking me five minutes, I'm going to walk it and it's going to take 25 and there you go, and you, you can you can do those things. So as much as your schedule will allow you to be fit, be fit, you can actually, if you'll commit to 20 minutes a day of some sort of physical exercise, then you'll be the strongest version of yourself you can be. And that could be, I'm going to do 100 push-ups, and I'm going to walk to the end of the road and back, and I'm going to do 100 bodyweight squats, and then i got to get out the door, or do it on my way in the door, whatever. Like, but but a, a man needs to have some sort of a physical regimen, not just now. If you work, if you are like my buddy Dale Malin, who passed away, went to be with the Lord a couple years ago. Dale Malin did not do any physical exercise, but for sixty plus years he was a block and brick mason. So Dale Malin would would. Uh, he would go maybe five, six, a buck forty, and was a small, thin, wiry dude who I'm pretty sure Dale smoked. I mean, he was a smoker. And I'm going to tell you what, he had the thickest, strongest hands, roughest hands I've ever seen. And his forearms were like vice grips. I mean, his grip and his forearms so strong. But but Dale never did push-ups or bench press, you know. But he worked his tail off, and 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 he was very physical in that labor. You know, maybe maybe you're that kind of you're a dude that does that. You're a roofer or a framer. 
you, you know, you're a guy that's lifting heavy stuff. You work in concrete or you work. My buddy John David, um, years ago, this was in the early 90s, we worked in a tire shop together. Man, he could pick up, he could pick up big truck tires on rims. I mean, it looked like them things weighed about 10 pounds when he picked them up. And they did not weigh 10 pounds. They weighed a lot more. I mean, he was just a strong guy. He'd always just worked. And then he, he was a logger. Worked in that tire shop for a while. Before that, he was a logger, and he went back into tree work. And just strong dude. He's older now, and got some back. He's had some back issues, and and uh, and and definitely some physical limitations. But strong as a bull, man. Just and never lifted a weight a day in his life. So some people, the flow of life, you know, there's 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 a building of of like what I call man strength. You see, young dudes. There's some guys. There's some guys that you know, right now are on our team that are 20, 22-year-old guys, and they're in there doing curls every day and in the weight room, and they're doing their workouts, which is awesome, and uh, and I think they should be, and I commend them for it. But there's there's also this thing called old man strong or man strength. There's another thing called country strong, and that's you've thrown hay bales or you've you split your own firewood or you've laid block or you've framed there's a strength that comes from that. But the point is, as a man, I need to do things that are going to make me stronger. I need to do things that are going to be uncomfortable. I I'm, I mean, to be honest, I do some things to just create mental strength and toughness, like take cold showers, spend time outside when it's freezing cold. There's, you know, it's 27 degrees at the house one morning this week, and I spend an hour outside in a T-shirt. And not to be tough, nobody's around. I'm by myself but to try to learn to be adaptive and to, and to just get mentally strong and even physically strong as your body adapts to that. So it's really about being the best version of yourself that you can be physically so the Lord would be honored, so that the Lord would be honored. People often focus on that you know, scripture that says bodily exercise is of some value, but godliness is of great value, and they'll, and, and they'll kind of di- diminish the importance of bodily exercise. They'll say, see, it's really don't be obsessed with this. Don't don't worry about physical exercise. No, it's saying it's of some value. And you'll see throughout Scripture, like um, Paul writes to the Corinthians, hey, your body is the temple of the Lord, and you need to glorify God in your body. So I don't want to go to an extreme where I become obsessed with fitness or body image or how I look. But as a man, I need to try to be the strongest version of myself I can be. One of the things I think a guy can do to help himself is Get a couple dumbbells, maybe a kettlebell, and and just commit every day to to do a little bit of to do a little bit of strength stuff, push ups, some kettlebell work. I've got a pull up bar that's uh, mounted on my porch. It's a heavy duty gnarled rogue bar that's bolted into a header, like a girder beam on my porch. And at least once a day, I jump up there and do a set of pull ups, and then I do dead hangs just to work on hanging and grip and so things like that. You know, I I do not. Go to the gym four or five days a week for ninety minutes and do a a bodybuilding routine, and which obviously I don't I don't look like a bodybuilder. You know those guys. I think that that's going to show. But every day I'm going to try to do some pull ups. I'm going to try to do some push ups, some squats. I'm going to pick up some heavy weights. I'm going to once or twice a week I'm going to do some bench press and some overhead press. Once or twice a week I'm going to do some squats. I'm going to squat, and people are like, "Oh, my back and knees can't handle it." Yeah, they can. 99% of people that say that don't know how to squat, but it's one of the healthiest things you can do for your body. I've got a big old sandbag that weighs about 100 pounds. Today, when I'm done recording this, I'm throwing that sandbag on my shoulder, and I'm going to walk to the end of the road and back. 
and I'm going to have to switch shoulders and stop every once in a while. Man, it's going to be a brutal workout, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to take me about, I'm going to walk with that thing for about 10 minutes, not even the end of the big road, like the end of, I've got a little short driveway and then down to a stop sign. I'm just going to walk down there and back. That's good. You can do that. Get you, and if that's too much weight, get you a 30-pound sandbag or, or get you a bag of quick creep. Throw that thing on your shoulder. Walk to the end of your driveway and back five times before you had to work in the morning. Just doing things to to develop the best version of yourself that you can to not become soft. Um, there's value in that. Scripture supports physical exercise. Scripture teaches that we should glorify God in our bodies. The scripture talks about boxing and fighting and wrestling and running. All of these, you know, these uh, word pictures. Think of this. We're to preserve our bodies for healthy sexual interactions that honor the Lord. We're to abstain from being under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. So if we're given the proper context for sex and the proper context for the consumption of alcoholic beverages, in the context, it's that those things only be experienced in a way that honors the Lord. So if we take that like that same sort of um, application of Scripture, if God says, hey, when it comes to sex, there's a right way to use your body. When it comes to food and drink, there's a right way to use your body then we know that in different ways the Scripture is addressing our physical bodies. Um, you know, not everybody's a pipe fitter and a brick mason who's going to have strong forearms and wrists and shoulders. And so you got to work at it. You're going to have to work at it. And, and so let, let's get into, in the rest of our time here, what does it look like to, to grow in physical strength, and then we're going to slide into mental and emotional strength. I want to be strong mentally. I want to be strong emotionally. I want to be strong spiritually. I want to be strong physically. Uh, it's going to require discipline. And I would say discipline is needed for all three of these masculine virtues. So when we talk about uh, wisdom, discipline is required. Workmanship, discipline is required. Strength, discipline is required. So let's sum all of these up. And as we're summing them up, I want to take strength, this third one, and and start to, to weave into that conversation, not just physical strength, but emotional, spiritual, mental strength. So Discipline to educate myself. Discipline to educate. I need to be disciplined. So formal education. If you're a student, be the best student you can be. Informal education. Read. Listen to podcasts. Study scripture. Study content. Continuing education. Don't think that you've ever just arrived. Learn a new word. Learn a new verse. Learn a new language. Learn. Uh, read something that's that's going to inform and teach you so that your knowledge grows, so that your wisdom can grow, and so that your mental strength can grow. You need to be disciplined in your training, vocational training, theological training, physical training. So let's take vocational training. You need discipline to be the best that you can be at your job because you've got to get better at it, and that's going to take discipline, and you've got to be intentional to become the best that you can be at your job. Um, theological training, do you do a, a quick devotion or do you reflect and meditate on the scripture? I think, I think it can be very helpful for Amanda to study theology, to dig into theological, um, content and subject matter. And then physical training, 
set aside time to walk, bike, run. One of the things I mentioned earlier was uh, was my approach to walking. I'm going to get into that in, in about two, two, two bullet points down in just a minute. Takes discipline when it comes to food and drink. I struggle with this one. Most of us do. Most of us struggle when it comes to dietary habits. I have a hard time. The, the way that I may, I'll just, I'll, I'll share some personal stuff here. The way that I'm able to sort of manage um, food and drink is I do an intermittent fasting split. So I don't, I don't get real detailed with the time. If you don't know what intermittent fasting is, go look that up. There's a bazillion YouTube videos or articles. Basically, I, I don't, consume food or drink other than water and black coffee um, from supper till lunch the next day so if like last night we ate last night we ate at seven I think it was seven maybe an earlier now it was six six o'clock yeah it was an early night Wednesday's an early night because there's no sports or school stuff just youth and so we ate at six o'clock last night so by 6.30, I'm done eating, and then I don't eat anything else until lunch the next day. So I go at 6.30, 6.30 is 12 hours, and then to 11.30 for 17 hours. I think I, I think I went a little early today. So 16, 17 hours without eating. What that does for me is, and it takes, and you might hear that and go, there's no way I can go that long without eating. Your body adjusts to it super quick. It took me about a week, and I was adjusted to it. You Again, you can go look up all the health benefits of that, but what it do, what it's done for me is it's helped me not be enslaved to food and drink because when i finally do eat that first meal of the day i usually eat a a good portion of a good heavy meal like like today it was it was four eggs and and then meat which uh, was venison sausage you know like like a a, ball, a a fistful of venison sausage patted out into a couple patties and thrown in there and four eggs so Eat that, and that's a that's a very healthy meal, and then I'm good and full, and I'm I don't want anything else. So for me, I've kind of I feel like I've I've reconditioned myself to not be as enslaved to food and drink because I'm only allowing myself to eat a couple times a day, and then my body is now adapted to it. And that's been super helpful. Anyway, that for what it's worth, do what you want to with that. I'm not I am no nutritionist, and I'm not here to teach or give instructional nutrition. Absolutely not. But just shared shared experience there. So food and drink, and then with drink, I keep it limited to coffee and water. Um, occasional, you know, I'm I'm not like letter of the law on any of this stuff when it comes to like if I want to have a coke with some pizza and I'm having kind of one of those kinds of meals, um, then I'll do it. But but eighty eighty percent of the time, I'm eating I'm eating fairly clean and drinking water or some coffee, um, and then exercise is important for me. One of the things that I love to do is I've got I've got a pack that I use when I'm hunting in the backcountry, and it's it's a it's got a real it's lightweight but it's got a real sturdy frame. It's a backpack that I can haul out. I've hauled out like eighty pounds of meat, actually probably probably more than that on this pack coming out of the woods, and it's real comfortable. And so like I keep this pack. I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting in the floor here, and it's got a fifty pound or fifty five pound dumbbell strapped to the frame so at some point today i'll throw that pack on and i will walk to the end of my road and back or i'll walk to the end of rail cove road which is which is it's going to that's about a mile and a quarter round trip so it's not that far but it's a steep uphill grade going out and then of course a downhill slope coming back and so i just walk out and back 
and walking with weight, uh, physiologists will tell us that walking under a weight, a load of weight is so good for your body in so many different ways. And it's, it's a, a hot trend right now. Jason George, the Grizz podcast, he did, he just did a, a series, uh, like a mini series on this. And he really talked a lot about what, what's called rucking. And that's a military term. They call it rucking in the military. But what got me doing it was, um, I, I don't enjoy running. I weigh about 200 and I weigh about 220 pounds. And I know there's some guys that weigh that much that run, but I, it just, it hurts. Like it doesn't feel good to my knees and shins and ankles to run. I just don't like the way it feels. Um, and so, but I want the benefit, the health benefit. And I've read that, that walking and carrying a lot of weight. So for me, it started off by walking and carrying weight. And then I, then I started carrying this pack a few years ago. It's a great way to burn calories and be fit and stay strong, stay healthy. So I think that's really helpful. Um, again, body weight exercises like push-ups and pull-ups. And if you've got access to some weights, I think it's great to do strength training. As a man, I think it's so good to do strength training. Um, what else? Discipline to, to rise early in the morning. Discipline to rise early. As a man, you should get out of bed well before the sun is up, well before the darkness is gone. Like there, I, I believe so firmly in this that this is a masculine virtue. Not, not that as we're talking about strength as a masculine virtue. The discipline to rise early is is associated with with I think godly manhood and masculinity. Um. And and after after a long run, I'll sleep in and not turn the alarm on, sleep till eight o'clock or whatever. Whenever I wake up, one day a week I'll do that. Just let my body get the rest it, it's craving. But man, if you can get up at five thirty, five, six o'clock, I'm not I'm not trying to put a time on it. You know, you need to get you need to be healthy and get six seven hours, probably seven hours of sleep. So get in bed at eleven, get up by six. If you can get in bed at ten and get up at five, but you need to rise early. There's so much science behind this, that how much healthier it is for your body to be sleeping well before midnight and rising early in the morning. Uh, one of the things I do every morning is I get bright light into my eyes as soon as I'm up, turn on lights where I'm going to be reading, um, sit down and read, drink some water, drink some coffee, read with bright lights on. Um, there's a lot of neurological science behind that. And then as soon as the sun's up, I get out and get that sunlight into my eyes, but get up early. By the time the sun's up and the day is light outside, you ought to, you should have already been up and rolling dudes that lay in bed till eight or nine o'clock are, are not exhibiting the discipline that a man needs to discipline. So early rising, uh, discipline in relationships, fruitful, helpful, productive relationships where people um, feel cared for and encouraged and loved by me and, and, and feel the affection of a, a godly brother, but then also purity of relationships when it comes to male-female relationships, guarding relationships with women that should be reserved for just my wife or my daughters. So, you know, the the, the things I'm going to say to Little, the, the affection and the intimacy that I'm going to have with Little, even in conversation, I want to make sure that's guarded for her and I don't have those types of relationships and conversations with other women who are not my wife. Uh, so discipline in relationships, not cheap flirtation. That's weakness. We're talking about strength as a masculine virtue. The strength to guard your relationships 
and not need cheap compliments or cheap flirtation. And then discipline and entertainment, how much time you spend on social media. Oh, dear Lord, help us. Help us all. And the number of men that I know that are dudes, I mean, like, I think godly masculine dudes, but, well, I was on Facebook the other day, blah, 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 blah. Well, I was so-and-so on Facebook. Like, get the freaking heck off of Facebook. What are you doing? Get off of uh, Instagram. Get off of that stuff, man. It's like draining, sucking your brain dry, and it's taking your joy and affecting your mood. It's not healthy. So discipline yourself. I'm going to get on Instagram. Like, I get on Instagram. Uh, I get on Instagram. I don't post on Instagram. I follow Tuck and a few other, uh, like, like uh, the football stuff from his school. Then I follow my kids. But I don't post. I don't have a picture. I don't have a real profile. Get on there twice a day. Check it. Just keep a check. Keep a tab. Um, and get on Twitter twice a, twice a day and check. To, and what I'm doing is I've got, I've got my son's Twitter. I've got Tuck's Twitter linked up to my phone. And they have he ha, they have social media um, oversight for those athletes because those guys have to keep those accounts. They it's kind of like in the industry you got to keep Instagram and Twitter because that's how recruiting goes on. It's also how how uh, nil stuff. And there's there's a lot there's a, there's a reason that they they do that. And so I'm linked up where I go in there once a day just to look at Tuck's uh, new follows, and they'll always, at least once a day, I have to block someone. It's a pornographic site where they're trying to link him in and hook him up and, or whatever. So going there, sitting in my kitchen at the kitchen uh, table where people in the room can see it, and I go and I block these people that are following him. And that's it. And then I don't go back to it. I'm not on Facebook at all. Um, just discipline yourself. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying don't do it. <laughs> I really am saying don't do it. How bad do you need Facebook? Um, yeah, marketplace, trying to buy or sell stuff, but but just be disciplined with it. Don't be so out of control with it. Discipline in, in, in the area of entertainment. What? How much TV do you watch? How many movies do you watch? What's your show? How much do you binge? You know, there's nothing wrong with, with some entertainment. There's a couple shows that we've enjoyed watching lately, but let's just have some discipline. All of this associated with strength, mental strength, emotional strength, spiritual strength. And I think making sure that you're spending that time in the word and prayer and meditation is critical every single day. Pick up some heavy stuff. Go for a heavy walk. Make yourself stronger. Make yourself make yourself tougher. Immerse yourself in some cold water. Go for a bare-chested, no-shirt walk on a 25-degree morning outside. And toughen up, toughen up, and toughen up emotionally and spiritually too. Don't get your feelings hurt so easily. Don't be so insecure. Don't care what people think. Don't be obsessed with affirmation from others. Be strong, act like men, and the last part of the verse, let everything that you do be done in love. Let's be loving and kind and generous and gentle and strong. And from a position of strength, let's love others well. And let's be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Thank you all so much for your support and uh, and, and for listening, for tuning in. And I hope you, you're enjoying this season of Thanksgiving. And now as we as we turn our attention towards the, the Christmas holiday and celebrate the coming of our Lord into the, into the world, I'm, I just love this time of year. And I'm excited to share it with you all. And, uh, and again, so, so thankful for your support. 
Uh, let's just keep moving this thing forward and trying to impact the world with the light of the gospel. Thanks again for uh, for listening, and we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.